This is Diapers and Disciples, episode 30. On Diapers and Disciples, we're talking about living out the Great Commission as a mom. Lucy, do you want to say, this is Diapers and Disciples? What's this missing piece? Hmm. This is Diapers and Disciples, episode 30. I'm Cameron. I'm a husband. And joining us today is Lucy. She's missing a piece to her puzzle. So we thought we'd record this just in the in the midst of life. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of, I'm going to start typing. There it is, Lucy. So, Amber, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about the greatest showman. Well, that's the first thing we're going to talk about. Uh, so Cameron and I don't get to go to movies very often, but we had the chance to go see The Greatest Showman, and we loved it. Mm-hmm. And we felt like we should do an episode about it uh, because it impacted us so much. Amber, pop quiz. What, what is a word that recurs in almost every song? And you know this because I've already talked to, to you about it. Is it dream? Dream, yeah. It's in, <laughs> it might be in every song. Pop quiz, what's the first word of the first song? I'm looking at the lyrics right now. Um, <laughs> wait, is it dream? No. Oh, show. Whoa. <laughs> it's whoa. Uh, right. But yeah, even in the first song, uh, in the pre-chorus, it says, your fever dream. So, anyways... Before we jump into that, let me just say, if you have not seen the movie yet, you might want to pause. You do want to pause. You do want to pause this episode. This is a movie where you just, you got to experience it fresh, Mm -hmm. as fresh as possible. So come back later and listen to this one after you've seen it, after it's come out on Netflix or DVD or whatever. Yep, so uh, the the movie, we're just going to go through uh, the songs and use that as kind of a basis for talking about the movie as a whole. Mm-hmm. So Should we talk about our favorite movie genres first? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Do you know I'm, yours or should I'm, I go first? Well, I don't know. The only time I get to watch horror movies is when you're out of town or I'm out of town. Yeah. Or once a year, we watch a horror movie on Halloween. That's right. And the first time we did it, we saw Tremors, <laughs> uh, which isn't exactly a horror movie. And then this past year, we watched Aliens, yep. or Alien, not to be confused with its sequel, Aliens, in the <laughs> plural. But yeah, Alien by Ridley Scott. Um, and then twice a year, I watch Christmas with the Cranks. <laughs> <laughs> which is my favorite movie. On, in, during the Christmas season and then on your birthday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Around your birthday. That's right. So um, Christmas with the Cranks is my favorite movie of all time, all genres. <laughs> and my favorite genres of movie movies are, first of all, Christmas comedies. Secondly, feel-good sports. And third, which is what The Greatest Showman falls into. Biographical dramas. Yes. Or something to that effect. Yes. Mm-hmm. So like an example would be... Saving Mr. Banks. Yes, I loved that one. About Walt Disney. Yes. And actually, it's kind of about Walt Disney, but also about um, the woman who wrote Mary Poppins Mm -hmm. and her father. So, 
which is also a great one. So anyways, I would put The Greatest Showman in that category, even though it's a musical as well. Um, so there we go. So the first song is about um, The Greatest Show. And it starts off with P.T. Barnum, who's the... You're like mouthing words, so I say them correctly. <laughs> P.T. Barnum. <laughs> um, who uh, founded the circus, or basically invented the circus, or at least the circus as we know it today. And uh, it starts off with him, like in a circus tent and in front of a crowd and he's singing about this being the greatest show and it just feels like oh that's fun like this is about the circus and he's putting on a great show and i will say it like the movie captures your attention right at the beginning like i was drawn into the movie right from the opening scene Mm -hmm. would you agree yes absolutely so then um the next song, which became my favorite song, the more I listened to it, um, was A Million Dreams. And so P.T. Barnum, as a young boy, is a tailor, and he's at uh, this rich girl's house, and he becomes friends with her. And there's this um, dichotomy between him being a poor boy who has like dreams to do something big for the world, and this girl who... Um, is rich and not really comfortable who is infatuated with these dreams and him and wants to be a part of them. So it's this really innocent uh, song about a million dreams. So some of the lyrics are like, a million dreams um, are keeping me awake. I think of what the world could be, a vision of the one I see. A million dreams is all it's going to take. A million dreams for the world we're gonna make. So then it's about like, kind of their love story, mm-hmm. um, and then it, what? what's so cool is that it like transports you to them as adults and getting married, mm-hmm. and it's really beautiful, uh, especially the bridge from uh, his wife at this point. She says, "However big, however small, let me be a part of it all." Share your dreams with me. You may be right, you may be wrong, but say that you'll bring me along. Mm-hmm. And I love that because, okay, so there is, well, let me, let me say first, this, this song reminds me of how the dreams we have when we're younger are usually big and uh, magnanimous. They're usually about other people mm-hmm. and uh, they don't have you know, limits. Um, so I think of, you know, a dream I had, not when I was younger, but in an early part of our marriage, we used to take rosary walks. And those, after the rosary, would usually, usually evolve into, like, dreaming about mm-hmm. what life could be like. And this song reminded me of that, mm-hmm. like, just dreaming about what things could be. Um, and then I remember... This one rosary walk, we're on our way to our friend's house, and we're talking about the possibility of me starting my business. And it was really hard at that point because I was working full time, and then I did freelance work on the side. And 
You were going to school. I was going to school. Um, and, you know, that means that Amber is not only pulling the normal duties of a, a wife and a mother, but double and triple duty because you're, you know, I have to study most evenings in the week. And then on Saturdays, I was doing freelance. So it was just a stressful time. And we thought that the dream would be me starting my own business and like, I'm not doing freelance, you know, I'm going to graduate soon. And now I have this business and we can schedule our own time and be a master of our schedule, which largely has come true today. And um, I remember that moment and being really afraid of the dream. And it was because you said to me, I said, you know, what if like I lose all my clients and they all hate me and they, they start suing me for something <laughs> and I have no friends and we have no money and we're on the street. And he said, uh, regardless, I'll be with you. I'll be beside you no matter what. And at that point, it was I was all in because it was our dream that we're sharing mm. together. And that's a big theme to this movie is the power of dreams mm-hmm. and how they can take you over in a bad way, but also how you can like, um, if they're pure and holy, how they, how they can like make you come alive. Mm. So that's how I would summarize, I think the movie, but yeah, we, we had that dream together of starting the business and moving to Ohio eventually. And it's all come true. Yeah, that's right. And so that's something that we've just really loved about this movie is, I feel like it made me so grateful for um, my own marriage and my life and my kids. Um, And also, it's just a movie that upholds the dignity of marriage and celebrates family life like Mm -hmm. you don't normally see in movies. So that was refreshing and something that I really loved about it. That's right. What do you think of, uh, what's your favorite song? Um, from the movie. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Um, I think it has to be From Now On, which I'm surprised. What was the one that was nominated for Best? This Is Me. Okay, yeah, so that was nominated for Best Musical Score or some mu- Song. Song in yeah. a, in in a, a movie motion this year. picture or something like that. And... Um, I was kind of surprised it was that one. But anyways, the, the the last song from now on is this beautiful song. Well, maybe I should wait until we get to the end of the yeah, movie. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to okay. that. Okay. <laughs> What's so, your favorite song? A Million Dreams. Oh, that's right. You so we that. have talk about a fever dream in the first song. And then Million Dreams is the name of the second song. The third song has a line that says, because you're dreaming with your eyes wide open. Hmm. So P.T. Barnum is gathering all these unique individuals to him and he's telling them to like you know you can be seen for who you are like bruises and all and people will become fascinated with you and I I think side note here like (laughs) regardless of the historical P.T. Barnum if he was a, a good man or a not so good man we're just talking about the merits of the film we saw. Correct. So, you know, when he's recruiting people like 
um, a thief or a bearded woman. <laughs> it's kind of hard to grant like that's something you should celebrate because it's yeah. I mean, we we can talk more about that, but um, I guess what I'll say is that what he, what he made them realize from the beginning is like they can enter the entertainment industry mm-hmm. based on who they are yes. and embrace who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there's good in that. Yeah, um, and we can get. I think uh, we can get more into like the um, anthropology and theology behind like your bruises and mm-hmm. what it means to embrace them. Maybe we can. You can remind me to bring that back up. Okay. So then, um, Hugh Jackman recruits Zac Efron. Zac Efron's character. <laughs> so, so these two characters, Hugh Jackman is playing the main character P.T. Barnum and Zac Efron's character is Bailey who he partners up with for Barnum and Bailey Circus. Yep, and he's he's part of the like highfalutin society like mm-hmm. goes to the nice parties and he sees they see P.T. Barnum as this just like um, you know, cheap entertainment. He just he just offers cheap entertainment, and he's not invited to the to the rich parties with the popular crowd. Um, he's just kind of a charlatan. Let me see if I can find the word dream in this Mom, song. Yes, you Lucy, can help me right now. Lucy, do oh, you okay, like great. movies? Mm-hmm. What's your favorite movie? Mm, I don't know. Hmm, let me think. What do you usually like to watch? I don't know. I think you like to watch Clifford. That's my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> it's not really a movie, but it's a show that you like. All right, it is it is in the fourth song. Okay. Um. Just let me give you the freedom to dream, and it'll wake you up and cure your aching, dot, 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 et cetera. Hmm. So, yeah, dream is a reoccurring theme in here. Um, we can just move on to the next song. It's a cool musical number, though. Like seeing Hugh Jackman and Zac Efron dancing in a bar. Oh, yeah. That, that was, was actually awesome. one of my favorite scenes. Just, um, uh, yeah, seeing the choreography that went along with it, I thought was excellent. So. so then we have the turning point in this story where, you know, P.T. Barnum has this dream um to change the world through entertainment and this dream is shared with his wife who's like I love that dream let's make it our dream so she goes all in on him but then about halfway through and they have kids now we forgot oh, they to have, mention they that have kids mm-hmm. who also sing the million dreams song yes. it's kind of a, a reprise mm-hmm. and it's a really good use of it halfway through the story did you want to say something? I wanted to mention one more thing yeah. because um, when they bring, when they start having ch- children, there's just like this beautiful, like kind of montage of them just like living simply and poorly and just being happy. Yeah. <laughs> like they don't have a lot of money, but they have their, they have each other and they have their children and they're just happy in and their I would, simple home. I would say that the m- mother character is like through the whole movie, she's just okay with what she has. Mm-hmm. And she's just glad to be married. Yeah, to so him. Charity is the name of his wife. Oh, so, there you go. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, so she's always just like, 
nice to be around. She is content with what she has. But P.T. Barnum, even though he loves her and loves his kids, he's he's fueled by ambition. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really see it come into play in kind of the midpoint. That's so right. he invites this um, famous singer to America to sing for the crowd. And, um, you know, he's really nervous. In the crowd, he sees the critic who he's been wanting to impress like the only guy in his town that just doesn't understand what he's trying to do and thinks really thinks less of him so then she starts singing and she's crushing it and the look on Hugh Jackman's face is like this is it like I've arrived like this is my dream in a sense Mm -hmm. and he's looking at the critic in the audience who's like you know, in awe, and he's looking back at the singer, and he's, you can just see he's, like, in love with this new dream, Mm -hmm. or this dream that's, like, coming to fruition, this Mm -hmm. dream of ambition um, for his career. Mm -hmm. But when you saw it, you you had a different interpretation on the scene, or maybe another dimension. Yeah, so I, when I saw that scene, I thought that he maybe was falling for the the singer herself Um, because there's this during the scene he's kind of looking at her and you can see like his wife charity in the background kind of getting like nervous almost or uncomfortable like she sees in her husband's face that he is like infatuated with what i thought might be the singer and what you thought might be the dream. This new dream. Because of how he's looking back and forth between the singer and the critic. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like what makes him, like, his mouth agape. He's just, right. like, looking back and forth. Like, this is his moment. So he abandons... So at this point, he, like, pretty much abandons his circus, abandons his family to travel the U.S. with this um, famous Lind. singer. Yes, Jenny Lind, who um, is connecting him with um, kind of the high society. Um, Did you want to go from there? Yeah, so she says in the lyrics, you set off a dream with me. There's dream again. We'll see if all the songs have dream. And then she goes on to this montage, not montage, just... uh, line after line of saying things like all the shine of a thousand spotlights all the stars we steal from the night sky all these things will never be enough never be enough you know towers of gold are still too little these hands could hold the world but it'll never be enough never be enough Mm -hmm. so when i first saw this movie this is my favorite song because it was like a ballad i love ballads and it was beautiful lyrics like you know, maybe not the most insightful lyrics, but they, they call us back to, like, the longing of every human heart. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, like, if you accomplish your dreams, it'll still never be enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we've experienced that in our own time together, in our own marriage. Because when we first got married and we were pregnant 
with Lucy, our first, we were thinking, if only we could be making this much so that yeah. I could stay home. And then, and we, then got we started there. making that much. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, if only we lived closer to Cameron's workplace and our friends so that we weren't driving as much and spending so much oh, time. Oh, we could be in the like neighborhood by Aldi and walk to mass and adoration. Yeah. And it's like the dream, you know, it's like, oh, once we get that. So then we got that, <laughs> we moved to that area but then, <laughs> uh, but then it was a house. Well, remember, I wanted to work with. I wanted to like change my jobs and work with a production company in Minneapolis. I was like, oh man, if I could just do what I'm doing before a legit like production company, that'll be enough. But like where I'm at now, it would seem like a step backwards. Yeah. <laughs> it, so it wouldn't have been enough. Yeah. And then yeah, you're right. Then it was a house. Yep. And it. We got a house. And then it was Cameron maybe starting his own business and then moving, maybe moving to Ohio. And it just seems like, okay, we get to the next place, next place, next place, but it never, we're never fully satisfied and we won't ever be until we meet Christ yeah. in, in heaven. So Yeah, absolutely. And there was a study done, I heard it in a sermon once, where people were polled of, uh, with the question, how much would you need to be making to make enough money? And every income bracket mentioned the the amount of the income bracket above them. Wow. For that would be enough. Wow, interesting. Yeah. So it's not like they were saying, oh, if I made $100,000 more, it was yeah. no, just the income bracket yeah. right above them. Wow, interesting. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, yeah, that's just, uh, I think that was a good moment for the story because, you know, the, in American culture, in modern culture, like, personal dreams seem to be everything. Mm -hmm. It's like, if you can dream it, you can do it, and, and you're personal, supposed to be happy. Right, and personal success, like, yeah. personally achieving all your, you know, yeah. individual dreams. But like Jim Carrey says, he says, I wish everyone could be famous for a day because then they'd realize like it's not satisfying hmm. i wish everyone could be rich for a day because they would realize it's not satisfying and if you think about it we're all all of us in america who have a roof over our heads access to education internet we're richer than the vast majority of people on the planet. That's true. Yeah. We're, we're looked at as supremely wealthy. <laughs> yeah. And we're still discontented mm. uh, with what we have. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's stark evidence right in front of us that, of course, it's not enough. It's yeah. never enough. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, then P.T. Barnum starts to chase this new dream, which is not his wife's dream. It's, it's when their dreams start to, like, part a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, she just wanted to, him to, like, not work for a, um, like, a life soul-sucking corporation. She wanted him to, like, pursue his dream, like, start his business and, like, entertain people, but be home at night and still be a part of the family right. and, like, live simply. Like, that's what she wanted. But now he's traveling the world with the singer and like on stage at the nice parties, impressing the 
highbrow critics and their dreams start to mm-hmm. part ways. Yes. So then uh, we have a song, the Academy Award nominated song, This Is Me. And like, this is probably my least favorite song. Um, not not for what it's saying, but just it wasn't as impressive to me as hmm. the other music. Um, but I can see why the culture fell in love with it because it's about, you know, we all have scars and it's about being yourself and embracing those scars. And I'm marching on to the beat I drum. Yeah. I'm not scared to be seen. I make no apologies. This is me. Oh, 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 There's a lot of O's. So there's some good in the song. Yes. And I would say, yeah, it's good that we realize that we are made good. And like the fundamental thing is we're loved and made good in the image and likeness of God. And that is worth celebrating. Yes. Yeah. Also... It's good that he can bring uh, goodness out of suffering and sin. Mm-hmm. So our scars can be good. But when you don't have an awareness of brokenness for what it is, for its like disturbing, um, sinful quality, that we there's something not right in us, there's something in us that needs to be changed and fixed. Mm-hmm. That's where like a song like this or a movie like this doesn't deal with. Yeah. Um, like a bearded woman. <laughs> and not just like, she has like a full beard. Like she's, yeah. And, uh, you know, that's not how she was originally intended, you know. Uh, but that that's just a theme for, you know, pick your sin today that's embraced you know yeah take your identity and your in your sinfulness um you know this is who i am um if you tell me different then hey lucy lucy that's a cool puzzle lucy got a fish for pooping on the pot yeah i don't uh, I don't know where we put that little clownfish. Maybe you all mention. Maybe y'all remember us mentioning those little animals that Lucy got from using the potty <laughs> a few episodes ago. So we're missing the clownfish. So that's kind of our our deal around. Yeah. Can we do the puzzle one more time? Can I do it with you? Can I? But you know what I'm saying about like, like the fundamental thing is we're made good, but like we we're damaged good. Yeah. And we need to be restored. Right. That's like the setup, upset, reset of the Christian life. And our, I think our culture really gets the fact that we're good. They like celebrate who you are, you know, you're right. good. But they don't get the fact of we're, there's something not right about us. Mm-hmm. And that's and what... And we need the Lord and we need his healing. Yeah, so if, yes. So if at any point, you know, you come to someone... And want to say, you know, what you're doing is not right. Or what you're doing is not good for you. It has to come first from a place of, I'm broken too. Like, we're all broken. Um, so this song, This Is Me, is great because it it emphasizes, you know, the good in us. But 
you know, it. <laughs> it's not meant to be a full Christian anthropology, but anyways, I just wanted to mention that. Yeah. Um, the next song is Rewrite the Stars, which is a love song between Zac Efron and Zendaya. Let's see if I can find the word you here. Did you like this song? I did. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I... Honestly, there's no lyrics that are standing out to me, but... <laughs> I don't know. What are, you, what are your thoughts on it? What are your thoughts on that love story? Um, yeah, it's a racially charged one, so, you know, she's not accepted. Um, oh, Peter, are you coming to join us? Hi, buddy. <laughs> yeah, so she's not accepted in society because of her race. And he's a part of the, you know, highbrow culture. So there's some tension there. And the song is about, you know, we control our destiny so we can rewrite the stars. Which, once again, it emphasizes one good thing, but overlooks the other side of the coin, which is, like, we have a destiny we need to conform to, which is our God-given vocation. So there's a balance between, you know, P.T. Barnum wants to change the world with the circus, but he also has a wife and kids at home who need him. Um, So there's a conforming that needs to take place, Mm -hmm. which we'll get into. This song does not have the word dream in it. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, Next song is Tightrope, which this might be my second favorite song. So this is where you're seeing his wife, uh, Charity, and she's in now this large home, like a dream house that they were able to buy and... um, but she's she's alone, and there's this beautiful scene of her like dancing across these windows, and um, she's basically talking about how she was all in with with the marriage and um, mm-hmm. with their dreams together, and um, and she talks about walking the tightrope with with her husband, basically. Yeah, like, which is a good analogy because. Um, like she that's how she feels in her relationship is like and one misstep could mean everything falls apart Mm -hmm. and where pt barnum is right now he's traveling the world with a woman who's not his wife like a beautiful woman Mm -hmm. and of course like he's just asking for trouble right um he's not living above reproach he's even if he's not actively doing something wrong Millions of people assume he's doing something wrong, you yeah. know? Um, so the the dream line in here is, You pulled me in and together we're lost in a dream. Always in motion. So I risk it all just to be with you. And I risk it all for the, this life we choose. Mm. I love that. Because his wife is just devoted to him and the dream they share together. Right. Marriage is a shared dream. It is. In the same... It's a shared cross, but it's also a shared dream. Can I help you look for it after we're done? We're almost done. You're doing a good job being patient. Can you show PJ how to do the puzzle? So then, like, uh, you know, the singer comes on to P.T. Barnum before a show, and he rejects her. 
because of his wife, mm-hmm. I'm sure, his his um, fidelity to her. Right. But like he was totally leading her on, like traveling the world with her, because it, it's it's a romantic thing to share a dream with someone and like travel together. So that was a hard moment to watch, like leading up to what you knew was about to happen, like them yeah. being romantic in, in one way or another. But gladly he stood up and was uh, courageous and uh, had integrity. So that was a good good moment. Yeah, that was. And then in that moment he realizes, I'm going home to my family. You know, Lucy, we're going to look for it after we're done. Sound good, Lucy? And then uh, this beautiful song. This this is your favorite, right? Oh, yeah. This next one? What were you going to say? I was just going to say uh, just one more thing that happens is, so he decides to go home, but then there's this moment where the singer um, kisses him after her last show, and it's plastered all over the papers. So when he gets home, his wife sees that, and his marriage is falling apart, yeah. and then it's like all goes wrong. Because his circus burns down. His circus burns down, literally. And um, then there's this beautiful song at the end, my favorite song. From now on. Mm-hmm. And the line that has dream in it is, uh, I drank champagne with kings and queens. The politicians praised my name, but those are someone else's dreams. Um, the pitfalls of the man I became. So I love this because for myself, I can I have dreams of like being on stage for an Academy Award, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and like, isn't that just the highest honor you can get as a filmmaker? You know, it is. and. And if I'm not careful, I can get carried away in that dream mm-hmm. and like make that dream an idol. And then that manifests itself in a lot of smaller ways, like, oh, getting enough shares or likes on this Facebook video or like having this client respect the work I do. And yeah, and can I say something even like as moms? Um, with what you're saying, that just really resonates with me, where it's easy to find, like, affirmation, and um, it feels good, like, someone, like, likes a post on social media, or shares your blog, that blog post that you wrote, and it's easy to get caught up in that, um, and it's hard, because in your life as a mom, there's a lot of repetitive unrecognized work that you're just monotony that you're just doing over and over again and then it gets undone and you're redoing it (laughs) over and over and so it's hard to realize yes i want the nurse the nurse okay it's hard to realize that um could she play with this i think so she's done it before but just kind of gently just be gentle with those okay Luce. Um, where was I going with this? Oh, (laughs) basically that like real love is hard (laughs) and exhausting. So like putting effort into your marriage and putting effort into raising your children is hard, but it's like the lasting love. 
and what's going to last beyond the the like goodness you feel from getting a share on social media if that makes sense yeah i think it does um and i think okay <laughs> oops uh-oh <laughs> here let's let's put these away what's going on here um so the next scene that happens after he's singing the song is he's running home to his family. Yes. Literally sprinting home while he's singing. <laughs> Leave it to Hugh Jackman to be able to sprint and sing at the same time. <laughs> yeah, so that is We're just a beautiful, there, okay? beautiful scene. And in his humility, like he goes and his wife has moved back in with her parents and he marches to the door and says where's my wife and <laughs> um goes and apologizes to his wife and and gets his we'll get the back. clownfish later sweetie hey Lise, how about we count all these other animals let's do that so then um let's see if dream is in this Next song. Here's a puffer fish. Um, you know, it kind of calls back to when they were younger and they both had a dream to change the world and it became a shared dream through their marriage. Um, but then the coolest thing is they revisit the first song, The Greatest Show. And we're taken back to the scene we saw at the beginning where he's in this circus tent and about to like rock the house with the dancing and the singing and the performances. And it's the song, you know, this is the greatest show. But then halfway through the song, he hands the literal baton to his protege, Zac Efron, basically telling him to to take take on the heritage take on the business because he says i have i have a family that needs me and um he goes to his daughter's uh ballet recital and then the lyrics that were at the beginning of the movie are sung again but they have such a deeper meaning this time let me let me find it um so he's sitting there with his at his daughter's ballet recital, um, and it's right after you know Zac Efron and the crew are singing. Oh, this is the greatest show! And then it kind of goes down to a really soft, uh, you know, part of the song, and he's singing, "It's everything you ever want. It's everything you ever need, and it's here right in front of you. This is where you want to be." It's everything you ever want. It's everything you ever need. And he's at, he's at his child's ballet recital. Yeah. And it's here right in front of you. This is where you want to be. This is where you want to be. I was really moved at that scene. Yeah. Um, yeah, just like rejecting uh, ambitions that are, you know, not healthy for your family. Rejecting mm-hmm. pride that's in that. Just saying like, you know, it's great that I have a career, a career in the entertainment industry, but like my family is more important. Mm-hmm. And that moment of 
saying, I got to be with my family. He's just at a ballet recital singing, this, this is everything you've ever won. Mm-hmm. Like, this is where you want to be. Yeah. I thought that was so beautiful. Yeah. Mm. I love that. Um, so then, uh, I guess we can wrap up the conversation. Yeah. So how would you rank The Greatest Showman compared to Christmas with the Cross? <laughs> uh, it's in my top five, I would say. That's, That's high praise. High praise. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, and I was moved, and I'm really excited to see it again. This will be a movie that we own, mostly. Yeah, definitely. I'm not sure. Hey, Lucy, what do you want to say on the podcast? Do you know we're making a podcast right now? Can you believe it? Is that your belly button? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Peter, what do you want to say on the podcast? Here, you can talk into it. What do you want to say? We might have to get another one. Good job. Oh, can I tell a funny note from this morning? Yeah. So this morning, Lucy and PJ wanted uh, toast with jelly for breakfast. (laughs) And then when I set the plates in front of them, they said, where are the jelly beans? (laughs) (laughs) Completely normal. They expected... Jelly toast beans. with jelly beans on it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, someone's here. I'm going to go grab that because I think it's a package. Package. Nice. Yeah, there's so much, you know, I've been thinking about with that movie and we've been really scatterbrained. So there's there's so much to talk about in relation to family and um, dreams and the importance of vocation and marriage. But this, this movie was great at promoting marriage and family after i watched it i wanted to be a better husband and father and in my mind that's that's the mark of a of an excellent story when it changes you uh when it makes you want to be better um so i think it's my favorite musical of all time oh that's great yeah and i my my favorite things are favorites so whenever i can find a new favorite of anything, I I grab onto it. So Amber, what are you loving recently? I have been loving. Um, do you know what Voxer is, or do people know what Voxer is? I thought Peter might have stopped it, but it's still going. <laughs> okay, good. Should so, should I answer for the crowd? <laughs> the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, yes. Go ahead and tell it us what it is. It is a walkie-talkie app. Yes. And so what I have been loving is, some of you may remember that Cameron and I served on the same net team, and there were, um, were there, fi- there were five women on the net team um, that I'm still good friends with. I was looking at pictures of the little clownfish. Can I have those? Maybe, we'll have to see. And so my sisterhood, we've been doing Voxer to stay in touch with each other. Hey, sweetie, you can see too. What are they looking at? No, no, no. <laughs> Little fishes on your phone? No, no, <laughs> Peter, what do y'all say on the podcast? So basically, we've been enjoying... Come 
I've been enjoying doing the Voxer, doing a Voxer conversation with the women on my team because it's been a good way for us to stay in touch. I've also been enjoying reading. I've been reading a lot of books this year, which has been great. And what I, the book I'm reading right now is Love the Home You Have. Love the hub you have. <laughs> Love the home you have. Maybe we'll have to look and see if we can find them. By Melissa and Michael. <laughs> Stop. Who's touching it? Who's touching it? Lucy. Lucy, what do you want to say on the podcast? Can you say, this is diapers and disciples? Maybe we should pause. Or do you want Heck to Heck no. Okay. We're almost done. <laughs> so I've been loving that book. I'll link to it in the show notes. Here's what I've been loving. I've lost 10 pounds. Yes. How have you done that? Uh... Well, because of Lent. Yeah, exactly. And uh, what's great is, so your body, when you wake up and it's been like a few minutes, your body says, you're hungry, you have to eat something right now or else you'll die. Uh, but what I found is you just have to retrain your body to not, you know, need as many calories. So if you just wait five or 10 minutes, your hunger goes away. It comes back in, in waves. Um, and you can train your body to not need as many meals in the day. When you really feel hungry and it's not going away, uh, I found that drinking some tea, so just black tea with milk, um, is an excellent way to curb your hunger, um, or coffee. And so we've been doing a form of intermittent fasting, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah. And you know, pairing it with Lenten fast. As well as a health health thing, so I've been loving that recently. Uh, oh, okay. we'll the last question, or should we save that for another? Yeah, let, I'll do it rapid fire. Okay, see what I can remember. <laughs> um, Cameron, people want to know. This is from a survey. People want to know how to better love their husbands. And maybe we can. I can do part one now, yeah. and then for everything I've forgotten, we can do part two next time. That sounds great. Okay. The way I am loved, and I'm a man who is also a husband, so I'm guessing some of these are universal. When you make food for me, it's <laughs> my favorite kinds of food. Yeah. That's, that's top notch right there. So when you make spelt things, we like using spelt flour and things. So like spelt rolls, spelt cookies, spelt scones. Mm-hmm. Really, it's spelt anything. Um, so food is, is a great way to love your husband. Um, especially like special treats that he's not expecting. That's cool. Other things would be like... Well, the main struggle... <laughs> I don't want to get too deep now, but... Uh, main struggle for men is not feeling like we have enough, that we're good enough, uh, that we are capable enough. So being really specific with the, the gifts your husband has and reiterating that to him. So like when I'm recounting my day to Amber, I'm usually listing through all the things I've accomplished in the day. And for her to say back to me things like, wow, that was really cool you did that thing. Or, you know, that was really impressive that you did this or that. Um, you know, just reaffirming the accomplishments in the day that your husband is capable um, that will make him feel loved um and of course uh physical affection um you know uh 
you're walking by and you just rub your husband's head a little bit. That that always gets me going. <laughs> or um, you know, footsie under the dinner table so the in-laws can't see it. That those types of things. So um, that's what I'd say about that. Amber, what do you want to say to sign off? Any any parting comments? No. Nope. No. Nope? That's it. Cool. Should we uh, record? Five more podcasts today while we're while we're at it. <laughs> Maybe Lucy, you want to go say goodbye? Come here, sweetie. Lucy, say goodbye to the the crowds of people. Come here. Good, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. We want to hear what people's favorite movies are that uphold family and marriage. Yeah. Where can people email you? On the contact. Info? Diapersanddisciples.com slash contact. Great. So what are your favorite movies that uphold family values? If you've seen Greatest Showman, how would you rate it? And let us know what you want us to talk about on episode 40. See you later. Peter, you want to say bye? Bye. 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 You have been listening to Typers and Disciples. For more information about the podcast and for links to everything we've talked about in today's episode, visit diapersanddisciples.com.